Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. Uh, getting real nervous about my computer, which has tanked this recording twice now. So we're going to do our best to get through an episode. Uh, I make no promises. Uh, I'm going to do some recommendations today. I did TV talk last week. I'm going to recommend some non-TV things and maybe possibly also TV things. Uh, well, that'll be fun. I'll talk about different things than usual. Um, before I before I get into it, this is this has just been kicking around my head, and I want to put it out into the world. Uh, I've decided what I want. Here's the thing: I'm a rapidly aging man. I got maybe two years left in me. Uh, but what I want with this limited time I have left to me, I want to get hot. Like I don't even have to be super hot. I know. Uh, like if I get close to it, I'll be happy with that. You know, I have, I've lost a lot of weight and made some positive changes in my life that I think I'm, I'm looking better. But at some point you gotta reckon with this, (laughs) this face and these genetics. But, uh, like, I feel like if I'm close, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly nice and I'm kind of funny. So that would be close enough to pass. I think I get a little boost there. So if anybody has, has some advice on how to get hot, uh, I would like to hear it. Uh, and at this point, I would caution you, though, I don't want to get really specific critiques about me and then, uh, like, really analyzing what's wrong with me. More just sort of general, general positive steps a man can take. I don't need, I don't, I don't need to know what's, what's, what's bad about me. I'm aware of that stuff. Uh, I'm telling you right now, just over the last week, depression has overtaken anxiety in the in the the road rally that's going on in my head and on the one hand uh it's kind of nice because depression i'm used to it's a it's like a it's like a warm hug of self-loathing from an old friend like it's not good but i sort of know how things are going to be for a bit and i can ride it out anxiety is like having waluigi in your head all the time it sucks you know you don't know what's going to set it off or whether you have to walk out of a movie because you're too scared a bad thing will happen to Elvis Presley. Uh, so yeah, br- bring it on, I say. But also it means I'm fragile and I don't need I don't need you telling me what's wrong with me. I'm looking for just general positive steps. Um, I, I don't think any of my hot friends still listen to this show. Uh, so I'm, I'm just putting it out into the world. Uh, also, this is the point in the podcast where I will get a text from Brad going, oh, f- fine, nice. No, Brad, you're good looking. Uh, uh, I threw myself off with that. I don't know. Uh, that Brad's a good looking dude. Let's, let's be honest. He's working it. Um, <laughs> I want to say a funny thing about Brad and I, and, uh, not to make fun of him at all, uh, but he, a couple, like a week ago, he texted me out of the blue, I just saw Bubba Hotep. Now, Bubba Hotep is a movie that I love. It came out, I think, in 2003. It has Bruce Campbell, who is an EJ favorite. And uh, I'll talk about Bruce Campbell at some point. I'll have to look back and see if I talked about the time I met him on this show. At the time I met him, comma, on this show. You know, if I talked about the time I met him, uh, not the time I 
met him doing this show. You know what I mean. Uh, Bruce Campbell plays an elderly Elvis Presley who switched places with an Elvis impersonator 30 years earlier, and then the, the impersonator was the one who died. Uh, and his best friend is a, a elderly African-American man played by Ossie Davis, who believes himself to be John F. Kennedy. Uh, he survived the assassination attempt. They replaced part of his brain with a sandbag and then dyed his skin. Uh, they live in a retirement home that is besieged by a the spirit of a cowboy mummy that sucks people's souls out of their assholes. And you say all that, and it sounds awful, but it is actually it is actually fun and great, and the performances are so good. Like, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell would have won an Oscar for playing Elvis had it not been for the fact that what he does is fight a cowboy mummy. Uh, it's a movie that I love. Uh, that said, almost nobody is thinking about this movie in 2003. And uh, uh, Brad is not a, a, a trash horror kind of guy. So for him, out of the blue, to, to tell me, I have seen, I just saw Bubba Hotep in 2022 was possibly the most shocking thing he could have emailed me, texted me. Blew my mind. Like, the only thing he could have texted me that would have been more surprising if he'd been like, hey, let's hit the strip club. Uh, that's the voice you'd have to read that text in. So it, it was it was very funny because I just couldn't imagine somebody, like, watching it for the first, just go scrolling through, I don't know, Netflix and going, Bubba Hotep, I'll check that out. Uh, anyway, that was very funny, and I think Brad enjoyed the movie. So that's the Brad Corner. Uh, so anyway, help EJ get hot. I'll give my, I'll have put information at the end of the show like I usually do when I remember. Uh, so hey, let's do some recommendations. What's EJ been enjoying? Uh, movies. Movies have been kind of bad lately. Um, like, I'm working on a thing for the A5 where it's the, the stuff I'm excited about that's coming out in September and there are like literally no movies which uh, is, is kind of a... There might be one. I'll have to go back and look. It's not, it's not great. Uh, I think I talked about I, lo I Love My Dad, the Patton Oswalt movie where he catfishes his son. But one thing I saw uh, right after getting over COVID is Spin Me Round, which is in theaters and on Apple+. Plus. And I talked about it a little bit with Mindy in an episode that I recorded, but... have not released yet uh, but it is uh, it stars Alison Brie and she co-wrote it with the director Jeff Baina who they made Horse Girl for Netflix together uh, a couple years ago and that is a movie that is I know I've talked about it before it's I really enjoy it and I think about it a lot because it's weird and ambitious but I am also could not I also ne could not necessarily tell you what happened at the end of the movie uh, and this is a little more straightforwardly structured. It's weird still. Like, it goes in some strange directions, but it has the general form of a romantic comedy with absurdist comedy thrown in. Like, like you're not going to guess what's going to happen, but at the end of the movie, you do know what happened, if that makes sense. It's a little more traditional. It's It's real good, and, like, everybody... 
you know, it's Zach Woods and Tim Heidecker and Aubrey Plaza and Molly Shannon and uh, uh, Ego Wodum. And, like, everybody in this movie is good. Like, pretty much everybody who shows up, you're going to be happy to see. Uh, you know, a lot of, sometimes just in a real small role. But it's like, oh, there's Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica. Cool. Uh, but I really liked it. Uh, if you if you have Apple Plus, I think it's free on there. Uh, I went to a theater because the air conditioning is good for my allergies, but I could have watched it at home. Uh, so yeah, that was a that's a that's a thumbs up from EJ. Uh, hey, let's talk about the video game I've been playing. The Saints Row relaunch uh, came out just this week, and. I was trepidatious about it because it looked, it's a, it's a reboot. Like it goes back to the days before the Saints were a street gang. A little backstory. Saints Row is a, uh, it's kind of a Grand Theft Auto knockoff about a street gang. And the first one is just a bad Grand Theft Auto. And then the second one starts to get a little more absurdist and uh, silly. And then the third one really cranks that up. And then the the fourth game, straight up, you start your character, who you've had for all four games. Your character is the president, and then the Earth gets destroyed, and you fight aliens in a simulation, and you have superpowers. And uh, then it ends with some uh, DLC where a couple of the supporting cast members fight and kill Satan. And the, you know, so they've gone as far over the top as they can. And part of the ending was that they have the option to reboot the timeline. So this is presumably the rebooted timeline where the it's you're seeing the beginning of the Saints. Um, obviously, I miss the big crazy stuff. Like that was super fun to me. Like when you when you when you can fly and you fight a carnivorous soda can. Uh, you know that's just the the straight up over the top stuff you know saints road the third which is the pre-superpowers one that's my maybe my favorite just game playing experience because there's a a moment when you (laughs) you fly over the zombie island with your uh flying motorcycle so you don't miss the luchador match uh and then you do have to go back and clear out the zombie island at, at the order of mayor burt reynolds uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome. The, but the new game, I gotta say it's, it's toned down, but I'm really enjoying playing it. It's still got, there's a lot of complaints that, uh, people don't, that they aren't enjoying the writing. And I actually really, I like the writing of it. I miss the over the top characters, but this starts out where you, you have a group of, of roommates and you're all like starting out with different gangs so you get home from your gang violence and you hang out with your roommates and uh you know and i miss this sort of uh psychopaths and uh uh weird characters of the of the past games but these kind this this is a little more natural it's it's funny they're they're actually likable like they sort of read like people and they've toned down like Grand Theft Auto is pretty, still pretty puerile in its humor. It's, uh, it'll go to racism and sexism real fast and then claim it's ironic. 
And Saints Row had a little of that at first, and I think they really toned it down as quite a bit in in like the third and fourth games. Uh, even the second is it's it's got some things that in the cold light of day of 2022 you go, Ugh. but you know everything that was made in in 2000 does. Uh, you know, so that that was already kind of going away, whereas. Grand Theft Auto continues to embrace it. But so many people now, because it's a reboot, are complaining that Saints Row went woke. And anytime somebody complains about something being woke, you you know they suck. Like, you know, they, they, they don't have a valid argument if that's the thing they're complaining about. Uh, it, you know, it's always been fairly progressive, actually, in that you, you can create your character your character be whatever gender uh race you can do you know there's i mean it's not gonna not gonna win any awards for whatever you win for uh uh espousing progressive values but it's certainly not as boy let's just say nobody ever said the n-word in a grand theft in a in a saints row game uh you cannot say that about even the most recent Grand Theft Auto. Uh, um, so it, it's, it's, it's gentler, and but as I get farther into it, it is, there's still, you still do a lot of crazy fun things. So it's not galactic stakes anymore, but it, it doesn't feel like they've tried to go normal, which makes me very happy. Uh, it's still, I don't, and it, you know what it plays, it's fun to play. Like it's weird because at the last game, which now has been, you know, seven years ago, longer than that, maybe, maybe nine years ago, uh, by giving you superpowers, they pretty much took away the need for vehicles. And now you get back to driving cars again. And, uh, which is, is fairly common in this type of game. But, you know, when you could run so faster than a car, you didn't need them. But now it's like, yeah, they, the, the driving feels good. The shooting is good, which is not a thing I usually say. Uh, people who care more about combat mechanics than I do might quibble. They always don't like how aiming works or whatever. But for a person who plays games the way I do, it's, absolutely what I want uh, they seem to have like they've removed things that would make it less fun like it's really hard to accidentally blow up the car you're driving like you can you can smash and you can have a pitch battle on the highway and run over rival gang members and it's not going to be a big it's not an impending worry at all times that your car might explode which is a lot more fun, frankly. Uh, so I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm not super far into it, and it's just going to take me a while because I don't have a huge amount of game playing time. But uh, I'm really having fun with it. Uh, Saints Row, you did me right once again. God bless you, Saints Row. Um, oh. You know what? I was you can customize your character. I always play Saints Row as a female. Uh as a woman, it sounds creepy when I say a female. Because 
the first one I played was actually Saints Row 2 because I got them in a in a two-pack at the used game store and uh, I'd heard the good one was Saints Row 2 so I just kind of skipped the first one and I only went back and played it later and uh, I did the thing I used to always do in games which is try to make a character look like a better looking version of me uh, when you can customize them and like literally the first thing you do in the game is you you bash in a policewoman's head with a, a cement block I mean you're escaping from from prison so it's it's justified uh and I did that and I felt real bad and I thought it would make me feel less bad if my character was a woman and then I just stuck with it uh so I it's always a female boss in Saints Row for me um uh so that's I play Mass Effect as a male Saints Row as a female huh chew on that I don't know um let's you know what let's get a little little as long as I got kind of nerdy let's go all the way nerdy I have a comic recommendation and it is not Batman related and I will admit like 90% of the comics I'm reading these days is just the are written by either Tom King or Chip Zdarsky who are both kind of crushing it but uh then I just picked up the second book of Maniac of New York which is uh, written by Elliot Kalin, who's one of the hosts of the Flophouse, and he wrote for The Daily Show for a while. And he's very funny. But he's writing... It's kind of a Friday the 13th pastiche about a... It's a, a hockey mask killer named Maniac Harry, who is roams New York, much like Jason taking Manhattan. And there's all this sort of, of mystical stuff, like there's a... There's a part of town he can't go to because it puts him too close to an artifact. Uh, but he is essentially just this killing machine. And it is... Like, I don't really... I'm not really into slasher movies, but I I bought the first book because I like Elliot a lot. And uh, and it was... I, I really enjoyed it. And the second collection just came out, uh, the, the Bronx is Burning. And... Uh, it's so good. Here's the uh, part of it does have Maniac Harry getting into a school. And before you think this is going to be in terrible taste, it is clearly played as a as a like obvious uh, analogy for school shootings. But he is not going and massacring school children, uh, which I think would be very difficult to recover from in terms of enjoying a story. Uh, but it, it also sort of plays with like the idea of for-profit schools and there is a very clear sort of uh, pandemic uh, metaphor to the whole thing that or, or I might be reading into it, but it's it seems very very political while also just being about a a while also not just, I mean there's obviously more going on, but it's, it's, it's very political while still being about a uh, a Jason character and the the two cops who are given almost no resources to stop him uh, and I, I read the new book and I thought it was terrific and uh, it really it, it is not the u- usual kind of thing I'd go out of my way to catch but I had a good time with it if you like horror uh, I would check it I read the, f- the first book The Death Train is uh, uh, super great check it you can get it on Amazon or 
less evil bookstores probably. Uh, but yeah, Maniac of New York. That's so those those are EJ's recommendations. Spin me around Saints Row and Maniac of New York, book two, The Bronx is Burning. Um, do I have a TV recommendation as long as I'm here? I feel like I talked about them all last week. Uh, I still enjoyed the things I was enjoying. House of the Dragon, good. Second episode had a lot of. Uh, got the got the pieces in place. Uh, we're we're sort of the. We're seeing who everybody is. And how they relate to each other and. Uh, uh, you know, sort of the battle lines have been drawn and really, I think the guy who plays the king is, is tremendous and he's got such a cool look to him where he looks like he might be a sleaze, but it also looks like he might just be, uh, uh, like my friend Becky said, like maybe he's too nice to be the king. He's just got kind of this softer look to him where, you can see it feels like power is weighing heavily on him. Uh, since most of the kings we've seen have been a-holes or uh, ultra macho, this guy who just looks like he is just exhausted of being king. And also now he's lost most of a finger from <laughs> getting an infection on his chair. God, I love it. It's real good. I'm having a blast. Uh, She-Hulk also, second episode was very fun. Uh, it's it's legitimately funny. Uh, I like the way they brought back Abomination from the, the Solo Hulk movie that was not good. And they're making him kind of an interesting addition. Uh, they also set up that the Hulk is going to space for something. So, super cool. I'm sold. Uh, give me more and more of that sweet Marvel content, baby. Uh, and for fans of The Leftovers, it is a lot of fun that Mark Lynn Baker is She-Hulk's dad. Uh, also for fans of Perfect Strangers, but who are those really? Uh, it's, it's the leftovers where Mark Lynn Baker played himself. That's the, that's the, that's the good stuff. Um, beyond that, I am mostly watching stuff that I can, I am watching canceled TV shows so I can talk about it with people on the upcoming episodes. Uh, and it's exhausting. Uh, I hope I can make some money off of it or something because, you know, watching a complete canceled show every week or two is cutting into my ability to enjoy life. But so far, the episode has been real fun. I can't, I'll, I think I'm recording two next week. At that point, I'll have enough of a head of steam that I can start putting them out. Um, okay, hey, we're getting close to the, close to the, we're at the two thirds mark. Let's just quick do the franchise report. Maybe this will end up being a short episode. This week, I watched Avengers Infinity War, uh, the big crossover movie with almost everybody in it. I say almost because Ant-Man and Hawkeye are not present. They are still under house arrest. Uh, here's the thing, man. It's real good. It doesn't even need to be good. Like, it could have been a hit just from going, hey, you ready for this, guys? Spider-Man's going to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then Thor, Thor will meet, uh, uh, you know, Black Panther and, 
uh, Captain America says hi to Groot and you know all this stuff sounds like it's going to be great and if they there is so much that goes into making that movie better than it needs to be uh, it's clever the the story tracks well uh, it does a tremendous job of, of juggling all the characters and uh, they're also they're also well defined by now that they sort of know like they didn't really miss any any uh, 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 threads that would have been fun to pull on like yeah of course you have to have a scene with uh, the Winter Soldier and Rocket Raccoon because Rocket's obsessed with with uh, prosthetic limbs I'm gonna get that arm <laughs> made me laugh real hard it's funny uh, Iron Man and Star Lord. Uh, you know what? I know everybody's mad at Chris Pratt because of his his politics. Uh, I feel like you know, yeah, his politics seem bad, but there there are worse. Like he seems just sort of non-specifically conservative. Like he doesn't actually seem to be a Trump guy or anything. Uh, but. You know, it's, it's enough. I'm looking askance at him, but you can't argue. He's real good in these movies. His his thing where he is so immediately threatened by Thor is really funny, and then him trying to uh uh, uh like outsmart Tony Stark is uh, it's it's really good. He he does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie, and he nails it. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. And the, like the, the comics, it's mostly based on, there's a whole, there's an infinity trilogy, uh, are beautifully drawn, but I don't enjoy them. I tried, I tried to go back and read them again, and I just don't like them. And they're, they're substantially different. It's, it is Thanos trying to wipe out half the universe, but his reasons are different and what happens are different and basically nothing that's an end game is comes from the comics uh but it's it, it's fun to remember watching it in the theater and have people freak out like when captain america finally shows up real deep into the movie or uh when the red skull is on voramir uh nobody saw that coming you know or peter dinklage shows up peter dinklage is real funny in it uh thor Man, Ragnarok really opened up Thor for for the rest the other movies because he's Chris Hemsworth gets he has a lot of this movie on his shoulders and he's he's great. Uh, it is, I mean, it's super fun in the end when people just start start turning to dust. I remember watching that in the theater and having people lose their minds that these characters were just dying right in front of them. And, uh, you know, there's some real good emotional beats with, uh, I mean, obviously, especially Spider-Man, uh, but, uh, Star-Lord is, uh, Tony's trying to talk him through it. It's real good. They do such a good job. It's so much better than it needs. They could have half-assed this movie and it would have done just about as well. And they, they, I know I'm a big dork and I'm really just kind of sold on the Marvel stuff, but I, they really have put a lot of work into it and made it, made this feel special. And I, I wonder if they can pull off something like this again, because now everybody, 
you know, now they've really brought home that these this is a shared universe. Uh, and now they've met. Uh, and I think the next time that'll it'll be really exciting is when some of the TV characters, uh, if they, because there's a couple of, there's a, looks like there's a crossover in a couple of years in 2025. Like if, if uh, uh, you know, if She-Hulk and Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel uh, and Daredevil show up in, in Secret Wars, I think people will be excited. But you can't really replicate the, uh, you know, the first time Doctor Strange meets Iron Man and Iron Man calls him a wizard. Um, and that's part of comics is these characters go on for 50 or 80 years and uh, you can't ever recapture that first sort of excitement of, oh, this is, this is the Batman's meeting Superman. Now they meet all the time. And you you end up having to retell that story over and over and trying to make it feel trying to make it feel special. But even when you reboot it, and you say, "Well, in this timeline, it's the first time they've met." Yeah, but it's the seventeenth time I've read the first time they've met. My point is, you you could really only do something like that once, and I think they did as good a job with it as they possibly could. Uh, I'm very excited for next week because that's Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I have been missing my friend Ant-Man. Uh, over in James Bond, this was a pleasant surprise. Tomorrow Never Dies. This one, I remembered being bad. And the the plot seemed ridiculous at the time, uh, where uh, Jonathan Price was Elliot Carver, the media mogul who was... Uh, basically creating a war between the British and the Chinese to essentially sell more papers, which sounds ridiculous on the face of it, but that's largely, like, since then, that's kind of how Fox News operates, and the idea of billionaires manipulating world events solely for profit without any thought of the fallout is is literally how we live now. So he does not seem... You watch it now and it's like, yeah, no, James Bond called this one. They got it. Uh, and it's 1997, so it's not so ridiculous that newspapers are a key part of his fortune. Uh, they only had they only had a couple years left for that, I think. But uh, so it, it's uh, there's some notable casting. Terry Hatcher is in it. And. She's not in it nearly as much as I remembered. And she's not very good in it. She's... This was pre-Desperate Housewives, so all she'd done was really Lois and Clark. And... I don't know. I I certainly don't... Uh, uh, I don't really... I. There's nothing wrong with doing TV instead of movies. I think this, outside of movie stars, you'll find most of the best actors doing television. But there's something about, like the Bond franchise doesn't usually have TV people in it. And it's weird to see somebody identified exclusively with TV. And I don't know, she doesn't fit into the world. It, it doesn't really work. But like I said, she's not around for long. Uh, like his Jonathan Price from Game of Thrones is the villains. Anthony Hopkins had been cast, but he quit. 
and I think it would have been boring with Anthony Hopkins. Uh, this was kind of his post-Silence of the Lambs thing where he was just doing every movie and not putting much effort into it. Sort of famously, he would write on scripts, NAR, no acting required, and then just get the paycheck. Uh, I don't think it would have been ne nearly as fun. Uh, but the the standout, Michelle Yeoh, uh, who has had a renaissance the last couple of years with... Uh, uh, Shang-Chi and Everything Everywhere All at Once. And this was a couple of years before Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So she was unknown in America outside of people who really like Jackie Chan movies. And she's awesome. She is so good in it. Like they let her do her, her Hong Kong fight scenes. Uh, they had to bring in special stunt people just because the real stuntmen were afraid. I mean, the regular stuntmen. These were also real stuntmen. You know what I mean. Their usual stuntmen were afraid she would hurt them, so they brought in the they brought in stuntmen who worked with her and Jackie Chan, <laughs> because they they know how to how to deal with that. Uh, and like there there's you know she does the big crazy fight scenes, but then there's not an effort to to be like oh yeah Bond also knows kung fu now and he can also do these same things, which they would have done with Sean Connery or Roger Moore. And Pierce Brosnan seems to genuinely not mind that he doesn't get the best fight scenes. And that makes me think Pierce Brosnan is probably a really good guy, which I, I've heard generally. I think uh, people seem to like him. But he seems cool with not being the, not getting to do the best stuff in the movie in a way that Sean Connery would have lost his mind over. Uh, and... Yeah, Pierce is good. Pierce is, I love his Bond. Uh, he's in sort of that transition into sort of a more modern three-dimensional hero uh, while still not, you don't have to interrogate him too deeply, but he feels like, he feels like there's something going on beneath the surface. Uh, you can also see where he's got, like he's really, he, there's some Roger Moore in his performance. Like this is the one where he has a car that he can pilot by remote control. And there's a long scene where he, like a big action scene where he is driving it from the back and he is grinning and having a great time. And that makes it super fun. It's like, yeah, Bond realizes this kicks ass, man. Um, Joe Don Baker is back. They really wanted to get Felix Leiter out of there. Apparently I think they, they were still still really stuck on continuity, and someone's going, well, no, he got his legs eaten in the last movie. No more Felix Leiter. Uh, I think there were... Oh, uh, R Ricky Jay, the ma magician and Deadwood star. He's He's got a role in it. He's fun. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening here. I, I maybe haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I remember being disappointed. I think maybe it's because it's not as good as GoldenEye, but... Almost nothing is as good as Goldeneye. Uh, I really had a great time watching it, and I am excited for uh, The World is Not Enough next week, even though that's the one with Denise Richards. Had a little bit of a rough spell there, but I think there's, you know, this had Terry Hatcher, but also Michelle Yeoh. This had Denise Richards, but maybe somebody awesome. We'll find out. I hardly remember this movie at all. 
I think I saw it when I had a crush on somebody that I was so all-consuming I couldn't think about anything else. Uh, but man, these Bond rewatches proven to be one of the best choices I've ever made. I'm having a blast. Once you get through the early boring ones, holy smokes, there it is fun. Uh, speaking of fun, hey, remember to check out our sponsor, TeasedBySummer.com. Uh, just put up a new Carl Havoc mug uh, that I've already ordered, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's great. Every Great t-shirts, great mugs. Uh, I think you should leave stuff. There's some originals. There's uh, the Apive shirt, which I recommend because you also support my website. I mean, morally, not financially. Financially, you're solely supporting Tees by Summer, who frankly deserves it more than I do. So check it out. Buy something. This would be this would be a very good time to buy something. So do that. And you'll get something great out of it. Get a great mug. You'll be cool. Uh, okay, so that's it. Uh, if you want to say anything about the show or give me some advice on how to be hot, you can email me at fedtalks at yahoo.com. I'm on Twitter at EJFettis. I'm on Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, those are the places where I am. I am not using social media much these days, but you can still reach me there. And if you seem cool, I will reply. Or at the very least, give you a like. Uh, that's it. Next week, I'm going to get... Uh, I don't know what the show will be about next week, but I'm going to be watching Ant-Man, so obviously it's pretty good. Uh, have a good week. I'll talk to you later. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.